You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. Oh, it's good to be back, I tell you. Um, you guys sound pumped that your campus pastor is back. Thank you for that. Um, I'm feeling the love this morning. You guys look really good, hey. Uh, you look like you've had a great summer, uh, sun-kissed faces. And um, uh, I bet uh, youth, you guys are pumped about this week, yeah? Wow, that's, oh, hang on, hang on. Where's my parents at? My parents are going to youth camp. Who's pumped about this week? Yeah, that's see, that's right. I, that's, my kids don't go to youth camp yet, uh, but I was pumped about having Friday when both my kids were at preschool and me and Rach had uh, a day off together. That was good. That was uh, a great time together. And uh, we're moving into a new season this year. Um, for those of you who know a bit of the journey that we've been on as a couple, uh, transitioning out of uh, my role at school, and uh, I got to the point where at the end of last year handed in my resignation. Uh, which was a significant step for us. And uh, what we believe that God is moving us into is a a greater space within ministry. Um, And so uh, we are both uh, working at the church office this year. Uh, I will be there basically full time this year, which has been a big step for us, but it's new and it's exciting. Um, So yeah, thank you. I'm gonna keep you guys informed as to what we're doing and kind of what our life looks like and and hopefully... um, as, as we journey into the new, you guys can be encouraged to step out and do, do similar as you feel prompted by God. Uh, but we've been away on, on a little break. We had 10 days. Uh, we go camping and, and take our kids away and, and go away with some family. And we had such a good time away. It was really good. And I want to thank everybody who uh, spoke into uh, our congregation while we're away, hosted it, managed it, did all that. You guys did an incredible job. Volunteers, that just they just do things. Um, they just continue to carry um, the, the practice outworkings of, of uh, our service. So thank you so much for that while we're away. And um, it frees us to feel like we can, we can have downtime. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for honouring the fact that I didn't get back to emails and things like that. Um, it gave me space to rest. It gave me space to, to let God speak um, to where he is taking us and the new for Central this year. Uh, and I feel like that's really important. Um, so thank you. It's the last time I'll say thank you this morning promise. So I hope you've enjoyed the series so far, new. Um, Pastor Mel kicked it off uh, two weeks ago and did an incredible job unpacking that scripture and this idea that we are a new creation. And that is not just uh, a fancy kind of great principle, but it is a present reality in our life. It is, it is a real thing. We are new. We have been made new. The scripture that I think of when when I read that is that one where it says, you must be born again. Um, And and, uh, the the person that Jesus is speaking this to, it's like blowing his mind. He's like, how do I get born again? Right, if you've been uh, through that process of birth, being someone who's birthing, not the person that remembers the birth, but you would know the idea of that occurring a second time in life is like, I I don't know how to process that concept. Um, But to, to, to... dig into the reality that we have been completely born again, that we are completely new people. 
after we accept Christ, there is a complete rebirth of who we are is a scripture that I think we can unpack for the remainder of our days. It is so significant, so inclusive, so big, so all-encompassing in terms of reshaping the reality in which we live I just think that we can't stop unpacking that. It seems like a basic concept, but I tell you, uh, Colossians says that to be mature is to be basic. Sometimes our greatest journey of maturity in actually becoming like Jesus, not becoming uh, more filled with knowledge of Jesus, but actual transformation, actual maturity in our walk with Christ, where we go from strength to strength, from glory to glory, from transformation to transformation. And we wake up in 20 years time and we actually look a little bit more like Jesus, act a little bit more like Jesus, sound a little bit more like Jesus, is, is because we continue to dig into and apply what seems basic to our minds. And that is that, well, we've been born again. We're new creation. Yeah, it seems simple, but can I tell you that is incredibly complex in the way we apply it to our life. And Pastor Mel did a great job in unpacking that. Um, and then uh, Pastor Keith, our senior pastor who's ministering at our Northwest campus this morning, um, talked about the second half of our scripture this morning and how our new has an impact our new should always go beyond us. That when God does something in us, it's great for us, but it has a purpose beyond us, right? And so that we actually, having been born again, being a new creation, being reconciled with Christ, we now get to reconcile others. We now get to tell people, hey, there is an opportunity for reconciliation. There, there's something has happened in the great cosmos of the universe, in the background of the spiritual realm where we can now actually be at one with God again. We have been given the privilege of telling people that because it's happened to us. Um, and he interviewed Rod and Ann Thorpe uh, about what that looks like for them, what their new looks like. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that little interview and, and some insight into their life. We've been supporting those guys for many, many years and the work that they do overseas uh, is incredible. Um, and so this morning, I wanna continue this series. I wanna look at, well, what exactly does, does the new look like for you this morning? What does it look like for you? I think we all should always ask ourselves that question at the beginning of a new year. It's a new year, so what's new? Because if, if nothing's new, then we're going to continue to be in the same old space, the same old uh, things that we've been doing year after year. Um, and uh, someone once said that doing the same thing and expecting a different result is, is madness. Something like that. Probably misquoted them, but they'll, they'll forgive me. And so we should ask ourselves, well, what's new this year? If this is a new year and we believe that God is the God of the new creation, God is the God of the new covenant, um, then, then, then He has something new for us this year and we should be questioning that. Um, and so we're going to unpack that this morning. Uh, but before we do, I'd like, I'd like just to pray if that's all right. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this community. Thank you for every person that makes up this place. Uh, Lord, I thank you that you have something new for every person here this morning. God, you have a new space for them to move into. You have a new amount of freedom for them. Lord, you've got a new area of generosity, of blessing, of provision in their world. Lord, you have new opportunities, new doors for people to walk through. God, there's such excitement and expectation around what you have for every person in this place and what that is gonna do out beyond these walls, Father. So Lord, I pray you'd speak with incredible clarity this morning. Lord, I pray you'd use my words 
God, I pray that you would speak through your word this morning in our hearts and our minds, Father, shaping with incredible clarity an image of what you're moving us into. Uh, And Lord, we want to continue to uh, lift up our Northwest campus as they uh, have their first Sunday uh, back as a campus. Uh, We thank you for the privilege it was to be together and the blessing that is. But God, this morning we pray bless them. Uh, God, incredible momentum in that campus. Let there be people coming and getting saved in that campus this morning. Uh, And Lord, we lift up the jets. They need you. Uh, Season's only half done. There is time for a miracle. And we believe in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. I get a... uh, I don't know if you guys uh, remember, those of you who were born prior to the 80s, you'll remember this. Uh, but there was like this big craze for a little while. Uh, it was called uh, like magic eye, optical illusion things. Who remembers magic eyes? Yes, come on. I, I, I got on Google and uh, I found a magic eye. And uh, obviously I remember back in the day, you like, you bring it up real close and then you kind of go a bit cross-eyed and you're like, whoa, and can I, can I, can I see it? Um, and so I don't know if this is going to work, but I thought, I thought we'd give it a crack, right? So I got a magic eye image and um, here it is. And when, when I was at home, it totally worked. Um, and, and I want to I know, can anybody see the image in the image? It's a little bit far away. It's not Jesus, I promise you. It, I, I'm not that spiritual. Um, I think, I think, I, th- I don't know if it's gonna work because you guys are a long way away, but hands up if you know how this thing works, right? Like the, you look at it real close and you can see the image beyond the image. It's interesting. I used to love these. Um, so apparently some people can't see them at all. Um, that's not me. I used to be able to see them really quick and I, I had that, it was like a little medal that I wore. Like, yeah, I've got it, I've got it already. I'm not competitive, but um, I, <laughs> I, was, I, was very, I was always very uh, thankful that I was like, oh, I got it first, it's this. And everyone would be like, oh, don't tell me, don't tell me what it is, I'm, I can't get it. And sometimes uh, we need to be able to see something beyond, right, beyond what is in front of us. It's the essence of this. What is in front of us is a mess. It's a haze. It's, it, it's a whole lot of pixelated colours. Uh, but the purpose of having an image in front of us is not necessarily to see the pixelated dots. It's to see beyond what we can see. And if we're able to do that, what begins to appear is an image inside the image. What begins to appear is the image that was purposed for us to see. But we have to be able to see beyond what is in front of us to actually be able to see the image that was purposed that was put there when it was designed. There was something in that image that was designed to be seen and it wasn't just the pixelated mess of colours in front of our eyes. We have to look into it, look deep into it, knowing, believing, being convinced that there's something beyond the pixels that we can't see when we first look at it. And in doing so, we position ourselves to be able to see the image that was designed to be seen within the image. So we can look at the picture or we can search to see the image. And I think sometimes we need to be really deliberate in whether or not we're looking or whether or not we're seeing. And you could say, oh no, you're being a bit pedantic there. Like they really do mean the same thing. They do, but I wanna make make a a little bit of a a difference this morning in the idea of, of looking versus seeing. Because we can look with our eyes, but I believe we see with our spirit. And we can look in the natural or we, can, or we can see what God is trying to show us and that is the image that is inside the image. 
I don't want to get to like the end of my message too quickly, so I'm going to pull out of that point and go back in. All right? So the Old Testament, when we, when we go to open up the Bible, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Bible, it comes kind of in two parts. There's an Old Testament, there's a New Testament. The Old Testament um, has many functions, tells us a great amount of history, uh, unpacks the law, talks about creation, it's incredible. But one of, the, one of the incredible things about the Old Testament is it operates as, as a foreshadow to the New Testament. Right, so it operates as a way of, of being, uh, most of us understand the shadows kind of go behind us, the sun shines on us and what's, what's left is the shadow. But the, the Old Testament, because God is before and after, He's the beginning and the end, He was able to present a foreshadow. So it was actually the shadow that came first and everything that we read in the Old Testament, what we can do is we can actually see, it's kind of like a picture, it's an image, it's a, it, even the, the entire journey of the, the nation of Israel was, was like a living image of of what was to come. It's a foreshadow of what we read in the New Testament. The whole Old Testament is a foreshadow of the New Covenant. And so we read these stories about Israel. We read these, these stories about the judges and the kings and, and, and David and Samuel and Solomon and all these people and their life and their journey, what they went through, how things happened. It was, it was to point us to what was to come. It was to point us to Christ. It was to point us and show us that there was a Messiah coming who was going to bring a new covenant and it was going to be this open, expansive, beautiful space. And so one of the great um, pictures, if you will, life pictures uh, that was a foreshadow of the new creation that we read about in Corinthians was this idea of the promised land. And so the promised land, the, the, the tangible space that God said the Israelites are going to move into, that space was actually, yes, tangible, yes, a blessing for them, yes, all those things. The truth of the Old Testament is not somehow void in it being a foreshadow. No, no, it was all real for them, but it also operated as a foreshadow of this new creation life that we were going to get to live. And so this idea that the promised land was this land of milk and honey, of blessing, of opportunity, of provision is a foreshadow of the life we have been born again into in the new covenant with Christ. So when we talk about being a new creation, we talk about being in a space that is full of blessing and provision and grace and opportunity. And it was what has been promised, it's what we've looked forward to. And so we have to understand that when we read the Old Testament and we read about the promised land, it's a life image of the space we get to exist in, in, in when 2 Corinthians talks about being a new New creation. And so I thought this morning we might jump back into the Old Testament. Is that all right? So if you have script, uh, a Bible with you, we're going to look at Joshua 6. We're going to look at Joshua 6. And I, I choose Joshua 6 because this is the moment that the, uh, the, the, the Israelite nation began to possess the promise. There was this land that they were promised for generations. And Joshua 6 is, is not where we see them take the first step in because there's a difference between stepping into and possessing. Okay, um, uh, There's a difference between, between stepping in and, 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 and possessing. We can step into something um, but never really possess it and own the space. Um, and that's, that's why there is a difference between the moment you receive freedom down the front by the power of the name of Jesus and then the fact that on your Monday you seem to struggle to possess that space because there is a difference between the moment you step in and then the way in which you possess for the rest of your life. Okay, there is a process to, there is a process to possession, there is a moment of entry. 
We need to understand those two things. There was a moment of freedom where they left Egypt, but the rest of the journey as the Israelite nation was possessing the promise. There's a moment of freedom. There is a possession for the rest of your life. Okay, so Joshua 6 is where we pick up the moment they actually begin to possess. They shift from stepping in to owning the space. As a side note, I think sometimes we can underestimate the bigness of the life we get to live beyond the cross. We are taught, and, and, and maybe this was just the teaching that I received, but we, we, we are taught about the fact that while well, the road is narrow, the gate is small. And that is absolutely true because the size of the gate is the width of the cross. But beyond the cross, it's a wide open space of grace. The only narrow part is that Christ is the only way. But once we go through the cross, we don't live narrow, shrunk, restricted lives anymore. We, we go out into the tomb is open and we move into a space that is supposed to represent the wide open blessed land of the promised land. We're supposed to live a life that is wide open. It's generous. It's overflowing with the blessing of Christ in us. It's full of hope. It's full of joy. We are supposed to live a life that is continuing to expand, not restrict. A life that is continuing to get bigger with more people in it, loving more people, accepting more people, being a greater expression of the blessing of God in people's lives. We're supposed our generosity should go from one level to another level. We should not. I don't see anywhere in Scripture where God tells us to shrink back. I don't see anywhere in Scripture where God tells us to get smaller. Our life beyond the cross should go from one level of bigness to another level of bigness. It should go from one level of capacity to another level of capacity, not in our own strength, but in the way in which we press in and see the bigness of God outworked in our lives. Can I tell you, I, I firmly believe that for us as a community, that is something we need to grasp a hold of this year, that we are called to a bigness of life. That we are called to go from one space to a bigger space, to be more inclusive, to be more accepting, to be more loving, to be more forgiving. Can I tell you one of the greatest ways to shrink your life is to be unforgiveness, to be bitter, to hold that person at arm's distance because they hurt me. I'm shrinking them out of my life. No, we're supposed to get bigger. We're supposed to be like, you know what? I'm gonna forgive you. I'm a, my, my, my world is gonna include you. I'm going to expand beyond that because I want to be the expression of that beautiful promised land. Anyway, that was, that was a side note. Just felt it. Joshua 6.1 says, for those of you, I was really just giving you guys time to find Scripture. I'm reading from the New King James Version this morning. Um, so if you've got that, follow along. Otherwise, it is on, on the screen. It says, now Jericho was securely shut up. Sometimes... That would be beneficial to us. I was really challenged last year. I talk a lot. You guys know that. And I came across a proverb that said, basically, I'm going to paraphrase it because I can't remember what it was, but it basically said, the more you talk, the closer you get to sin. <laughs> and um, you, uh, some, sometimes um, you need to hear that God challenges me um, because I'm standing up here, I'm going to bring a challenge to you. You know, God challenges me first. Uh, I was praying this morning, and God challenged me severely on, on this message, uh, whether or not I see it. Um, but sometimes I need to shut up. Sometimes we need to shut up the voice that's in our head. 
tells us that we can't. Sometimes when we're about to say a critical statement, sometimes when when we're about to gossip about something, sometimes when we're going to tell a joke that's out of place, we, we, we just need to shut up. Sorry if that is offensive in its language, but there's a reason that the Jericho was securely shut up. It's because of the children of Israel. There are some things in your life that seem shut up. There's some spaces and some places that you feel like you have been called to move into, but for whatever reason, it seems like that door is so firmly shut that you can't move in. Can I tell you that there's a reason it's closed? And the reason is because you are a child of God and God wants to demonstrate his power through your breakthrough. Do you realize it was because It was because the people of Jericho recognised what rested on the nation of Israel that they were scared and shut up. And maybe the reason that the enemy is trying to restrict the space that you want to move into is because he recognises the God that is on your life and what might happen if you begin to possess the space that seems shut up to you. So some of you need to receive the first element of shut up. Some of you, you need to receive that second one. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valour. It's powerful. The space that you believe God is moving you into. Oh, I've already said that. Let's, let's move on from that. Let's talk about the context of this scripture for a second. The nation had just moved in to the promised land. They're taking the step, they cross the Jordan. Moses is dead, Joshua's risen up. And there's a moment there where they've transitioned and they're moving into the promise that God had for the nation. And, And so this is the first time that they are confronted with an obstacle that they actually have to fight against. Up until this point in in their journey surrounding the promised land, things like that, they have never had to fight a battle to possess the promise. And some of you are wondering why suddenly it seems like there there is a battle in front of you. There's been prophecy spoken over your life that you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And and just as you seem to step into it, it was like a wall came up in front of you and it shocked you. And and it's like, well, hang on, why? What? what, I wasn't expecting a wall. God said that this was their land and we stepped into it. And why is there a wall? Why is there something stopping me from walking into this? And I feel like this, just the fact that there is a battle in front of our possession can be so relevant in our life. And if, if we don't see it for what it is, we'll look at it in the wrong way. And we'll just look at it as, oh, that's a closed door. But we won't see it for what it is. You see, Hebrews tells us that we gain strength in the battle. And the Israelite nation is told that they're not going to get the promised land all at once because uh, if they did, it would get overrun because they could not be the, the, the people that they needed to be just yet to possess the whole thing. So God was going to take them in bit by bit so that they grew in stature, so that they grew in confidence, so that they grew in their knowledge and understanding and trust in Christ as He took them from one battle to the next battle. But it is in the battle that we develop trust. Can I tell you, one of the, I'm convinced one of the greatest um, subtle works of the enemy in the life of a Christian in, in the Western church is, is, is to lie to us and tell us that the journey of Christianity is get to a, getting to a place of self-sufficiency. No, no, no. The, the journey of, of, of Christianity and a life with Christ is growing a greater and greater dependence on Him. 
But too often we want freedom, so we don't need Him. Too often we want breakthrough, so we don't need Him. But it's not here because He's acutely aware that the only time we press into Him is when we're in a season of weakness. We all just want to be strong, so we don't need Him. <laughs> me, me too, let me tell you. Right, I'm just like, oh, this is so, I've got to stop wanting to be free of that for me so that I don't need God. I tell you, we need a battle sometimes because it causes us to trust. We need a battle sometimes because it puts us on our knees in a place of dependence. And I tell you, God's power works through a position where we are surrendered, not where we are self-sufficient. And, and so we arrive at this scripture and, 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 and Joshua is approaching Jericho. It says Joshua is approaching Jericho. A bit, bit before this, he has this really in, interesting interaction. It says that as he's approaching Jericho, um, he comes across the commander of the Lord's army and has a really awkward conversation with him where he's like, oh, you're kind of big and you're glowing and you're kind of like, obviously you're not from around here. Um, are you with me? Should I, should I like get my sword out right now? Are you with me or, or are you, what, what's going on here? And it's interesting because the Lord doesn't really answer that question of Joshua. He just says, hey, stop talking. Are you looking or are you seeing? Are you looking at that wall in front of you? Or, or just, hang on, let me just adjust your perspective for a second because what you're looking at, I need you to see something in. I need, a, I need you to see that I have given you that land. I need you to see I've already done it. That king that thing that you actually haven't faced before. You haven't faced a king before. You haven't faced a mighty man of value. You haven't faced those things before. You've been walking around the wilderness and some of you are moving into a season where there's things you haven't faced before and, they're lo- and, and you're looking at them and they're looking like, well, I haven't done this, but I don't know how to do this. And God's saying, no, no, don't look, see. I have already given you that land. I have already done it. Joshua, can you see the victory? Can you see that the land is yours? Can you see? Can you see the area in your life? Maybe it's an area of your thinking. Maybe it's in your emotions. I firmly believe that God's saying to you this morning, hey, can you see the victory in that space in your life? Can you, see your, can you actually see yourself free of anxiety? Can you actually see that relationship restored? Imagine it. What does it look like? Can you see it? Can you see yourself full of joy? Can you see it? Because it's already yours. We are a new creation. That space, that promised land was theirs already. It was a done deal. But the way they saw it was critical in how they approached it. While we're, while we're away on holidays, um, I took Addy fishing on a boat for the first time. It's very exciting. We didn't catch anything. Um, but it was cool. And just, just kind of prior to that, um, 
we, we uh, were walking along uh, this little foreshore area uh, as a family and, and suddenly um, there was these, these dolphins that were ridiculously close to shore, like ridiculously close. Um, and and you, know when, you know when you have a moment like that and you like use, you're the first one to see the dolphin kind of like breach out of the water and you're like grab something like, oh, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? Like it was a dolphin. And they're like, all they see is water because the dolphin's back under the water. And, and they're like, what? Where? Like, I can't see it. And like, sometimes if, if you're on the beach and it's like, uh, uh, there's been times where I've seen a whale, say down a bar beach or something, and it's like way out, out, like a long way out. And you're trying to do the point, like as if the point is actually gonna do anything for the person that is trying to see what you see, right? Like somehow out on the horizon, my finger is able to pinpoint the location that that whale just like puffed up a bit of water. Um, and, but, but we're having this, we're trying to show Addy where these dolphins are because they're really close. We're like, Addy, like it's just, it's just over there. And he's looking at us, this is just water because the dolphin's gone back under the surface. And I think so often all we do is look at the surface. And also all we see is water. And we don't recognise, we can't see underneath all the time to see that there is something else going on. There is always something else going on. And if we could just be able, if we could, imagine if we could see through water, be able to see the dolphin just fine. Wouldn't be a surprise attack at the location that it was gonna pop up next. And suddenly we've had him looking in this direction and see that corner of the arm, like, oh, it's over here now, buddy, it's over here. If I could see through water, that'd make it real, real easy. It's a bit like that sometimes with the things that we face in our life. Like if we, could, if we had the ability to see through it, we'd have confidence. But we'd have confidence in the wrong thing. We'd have confidence in ourselves. Sometimes we can't see through everything that needs to happen because God wants us to see that He has it. And so our confidence is in Him and His ability, not our ability. You see, Joshua is told to see, I have given you it. So see it, Joshua, see the victory, but recognise that how you're going to get it is not because you can somehow walk through walls. It's not because you can somehow decimate this city on your own. No, 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 see the victory and then trust me. See the victory and then trust me. We're going to unpack that a little bit more next week in how we actually seize it. But Jericho was the first tangible step in possessing the promise of living in the land. It was the first battle. It was the first thing that he had to do. And um, I just, I really have a sense in my spirit this morning that God wants to show each and every person one space in your life that he has given you the victory already. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a space that's, that's like overcoming a negative. Maybe it's an expansion of a business and he wants you to see the, the greater that he's moving you into. Maybe he wants to see, see I've written a few things down. Let me, let me read this. Maybe it's a new house. See yourself in that new house that you're stepping out to purchase. Maybe it's a new baby. Maybe it's, maybe it's a new area of, of, of something in the life of the church. You know, we, we've purchased that incredible building downstairs and we are, we are ready to go on a whole series of opportunities to impact our community. Maybe God is gonna begin to show you something new to do in that space that, that you're hesitant about stepping into because it's new for you. You haven't gone this way before. Uh, Joshua hadn't fought kings before, but God's saying, 
hey, if you can just see it and trust me, then we're going to move towards it. And so if you can see it this morning and trust that God's put that in you, I'm telling you, He will begin to make a way for you to begin to walk in it. Maybe it's, maybe it's a new area in terms of serving in the, in, in the life of our, our service right now. Maybe, maybe you've got a stirring to help uh, on our venue team in preparing this place for people to come in every Sunday. Maybe, maybe, maybe God's showing you uh, an image of you meeting a whole lot of new people and you want to be someone that stands in a new visitor's area. When new people come, you're that first smile they meet. You're that first like welcome to the life of what church, of what, what a life with Christ looks like. Maybe you're stirred to be that. Maybe, maybe you're, you're God, maybe you've got young children and you're like, you know what? I love our kids' ministry. I do. I personally, I love our kids' ministry because uh, sometimes I don't cope real well when my kids are in service with me. It restricts my ability to, to get my, my arms going. And you guys know I'm very, very active in my, my expression of worship. But, but can, I, can I tell you, we had a real need in our kids' ministry at the moment. Maybe God's going to speak to you this morning and show what an asset that you could be in that space. And maybe, yeah, maybe it means expanding a little bit. Uh, and you're like, I don't know if I've got the capacity to do it. Can I tell you, if God puts it on your heart, God is about the expansion of capacity. And sometimes it's not about capacity, it's about conditioning. And sometimes the reason you don't think you have the capacity is because you haven't stepped into the gym and put the extra weight on the bar. Well, that'd be a little challenge. Joshua, can you see it? The tense that he uses in this scripture is a past tense, but it's a past and it's ongoing. Not only has he already given us the space, but we actually never lose it again. I have given it to you. Uh, it talks about the fact that he has already done everything required for us to possess it. All we need to do is trust him as we walk into it. That's all that we need to do. We need to be able to see what he has already done and move into it. And the fact that he has already done it, he has done it in such a way that it will never get undone. The power of the cross can never be undone by some other power in this world. That victory has already happened and is, is, is valid for the remainder of eternity. And when, when, when the commander of the Lord's army says to Joshua, I have given this to you. It was actually the fulfillment of a promise he'd given centuries ago. In his mind, it was done back at Abraham. Abraham, I've given you this land. It was a done deal in the eyes of God. He sees the beginning from the end. It was a completely done deal to him and it was never gonna change. It was never gonna be undone. It was always gonna be theirs. It was just a matter of them seeing it and possessing it. You see, if you know, if you know the backstory, you know that they came, there was a time, there was a time where they, they saw it once before, but they didn't step into it. It was theirs then too. They just didn't step into it. It wasn't that they lost it after that. It was still theirs. They just had to go on a process of, of re-preparation to, to possess it again. God didn't suddenly take it away as a punishment. Can I tell you, He's not taking away that space as a punishment. Every punishment of Christ has been, every punishment from God has been poured out on Christ. It's done. There's no punishment left for our life. We get to walk in the grace of God, believing that, that as He shows us things, He is able to move us into it. It's how God works. He uses this tense in our lives consistently. 
Romans 4.17 references the fact that God calls things that aren't as though they are. It's like his modus operandi. It's how he operates. It's because he lives outside the bounds of time. To him, our future is our present. In his eyes, there's no distinction between where we're going and where we already are. We are to Christ, we are to God both saved, being saved, and already saved all at the same time. It's a wonderful thing. And so the commander says to Joshua, It's yours, but can you see it? It's yours, but can you see it? I know what it might look like. It might look like walls, it might look like Slightly busier schedule. It might look like a difficult conversation to have uh, with, with, with a friend or a parent or a spouse. It might, it might look like a whole lot of different things. It might look like things you haven't dealt with before. But can you see it? Because there is a difference between what we look at and what we choose to see. So the commander said those things. I believe it's because what he wanted to make sure that Joshua moved towards what he could see, not what he was looking at. Because I believe that if Joshua had just approached Jericho and just looked at it, they would have turned away. But he, when he was able to see that God had already given it to him, he was able to move forward in a confidence of a truth that already was. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 18. And uh, maybe, maybe I could get our team to, to come back up. That'd be awesome. We've talked about the fact that this, this passage, this Old Testament, this promised land is a foreshadow of this new covenant. This fact that we now, those of us that have, have accepted what Christ has done, we have been made new. We have been made new. Our entire life is new. Our desires are new. Our, our thoughts are new. Our emotions are new. There is, there is newness in every aspect of who we are. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 is, is our application of the idea of moving into the promised land. See, I have already given it to you. It's really interesting because 2 Corinthians 5.17 uses a really interesting word. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, all things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. You know, I, I began to think about that word behold. And I began to wonder why, why is it that in the midst of telling us we're a new creation, uh, Paul stops and, and from the prompting of the Holy Spirit writes this word behold. He's already telling us an incredible truth that should stop us in our tracks, but he feels impressed to write another word uh, right in the midst as he is unpacking the truth, as he's saying, hey, if anyone's in Christ, if you're in Christ, if you've accepted Him, you're new. Everything about you is new. And then he's like, hang on a second. I, I don't know, I don't know if this is gonna be enough. Behold. And actually, I did a Pastor Keith. I went, I went and did some research into the Greek. And I looked up this word. So I was like, I feel like there's some significance on this word. And I'm not going to try to pronounce it in the Greek, but it's going to go up on the screen for you. And, and there it is. I do. You do. You do. Hopefully Pastor Keith doesn't listen to the podcast. Do you know the literal translation of that word is see? See, I have already given it to you. 
You are a new creation. It is yours. Do you see it? Behold, see. See that space in your life that Christ has caused to be new. It is already new. Can I tell you, it is already in you, in the fullness of its newness. It's already there. It it is as tangible in you as the land of the promise to the Israelites. It is as much a reality. The truth that there is a new you today is as much of a reality as that land was that they could look, see, taste and touch. There is no distinction, no difference between the truth that that was the land that they were to possess and the new space in you that God has said is for you. I have already done it. Behold, all things are new. See, all things are new. That space, that area, it's new. It's new. It's been made new. The enemy would love to tell you that it's not, but that's false. It's new. Completely new. There's no aspect of the old in it. It's not like there's been this dilution. No, no, you have actually been born again. You are a completely different person. It's like it's like a child literally being born again. It blows my mind. But it's a reality for us. We get to look at those spaces in our life that we're like, oh, I'm weak in that space. I struggle with that. Yep, but I'm new in that area. Can I see it? I'm telling you, what we see, we will move towards this year. And as we move towards and possess those areas, we will be able to talk about the goodness of God. We will be able to talk about what God is doing in us. We will be able to demonstrate the spaces that God is moving into. And our new will not remain with us, but it will begin to impact those around us. Your breakthrough always has a purpose beyond yourself. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.